clear inside the 200 and gone for home. Attractable two in front to Lock Eagle. Then came Lion Draw winding up. Attractable just in front, but Lock Eagle goes to it. Lock Eagle draws level with Attractable and Lock Eagle ran down Attractable. Shoot him down, shoot him down. TG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. G'day, thanks for checking out year-round carnival. Each and every Monday, have a look at the best racing wherever it is in Australia. And there's a little bit of twisted sister to get us going there. Of course, the uh, the main two races in Australia, audio courtesy of Sky Racing, Lock Eagle winning the Engham. And in the group one, a bit of walling might be happening here. Dom shoot, one for the Eagle supporters there, gets the bob over the gallant superstar veteran Zaki in the North League. G'day, Vince Accardi from Daily Sexuals. Ralphie, good morning. <laughs> man, man, man. All right, let's uh, let, let's get straight into the group one, the North League. Dom Deschute wins by a nose, perfectly ridden. Vince, there are times where we get it right, that we're very happy. There are times where we get it wrong, where we go, well, this happened for this reason. We didn't expect this pace. We didn't expect this uh, horse to suddenly improve. Uh, the numbers were here with Dom, Dom Deschute. I'm walling. Well, the numbers have always been there for that horse. And you are right. It is a game of millimetres sometimes as well. Yep. Because there, there were millimetres separating the three horses. So it could have we could have easily been talking about Zip Away or we could have easily been talking about Zaki, right? <laughs> well, it, for it those is- who didn't, just to summarise, for those who didn't get our preview podcast, two weeks ago you, you didn't want to be on Zaki. You said you wanted, by the time you did all the numbers, and he ended up on top. Uh, there were queries about the flatness from the railway. You said the uh, the three odds could emerge. That uh, uh, obviously was was zip away one of them. The other one, a lot of good men. But in the end, Zaki was going to get the perfect run. But Dom the shoot. This is what we wrote. So we wrote this in after after the railway in Sizzlers. Three point two lengths above benchmark, ranked third on the day. Underrated six year old who backed up his excellent three point one first up IVR figure when second of fourteen hundred a fortnight back when running third in the. Uh, and similar here, running third in the Group 1 Railway. 1.4 at the 800, seven lengths from the lead, 3.7 mid-race, 6.3 last 400, so an excellent sustained close. That include the fourth best last 400 and 200 of the day at the end of a high-pressure mile, also produced an excellent 2.6 lengths above benchmark when running third in the North Lee as a three-year-old 2020. He looks perfectly set to run boldly in that race next start. Vince, I was on tricks of the trade, Nelson Fina. I can't believe I just missed this horse. Uh, totally get it, Ralphie. This horse is exactly as you communicate. It is airborne, right? It's not. I didn't have any illusion that the horse wasn't airborne. My challenge was, could I confidently support the horse at this distance range and taking a position that there was going to be a good solid pace, yep. even though I probably downgraded it initially from where I thought it could be based on our discussion on Saturday. We thought maximum speed would be around plus five. But even with that, 
me saying that, I still felt it had to be some sort of issues with Dom to shoot at this distance under that sort of pressure scenario. But as far as the horse being at the top of its game, it's absolutely airborne. I mean, look at the two leading runs. 3.2 lengths above IVR benchmark on the 25th, the 11th. Three lengths above on the 11th of the 11th. Very hard to fault. And then it's turned up and run 3.3 on the weekend. I mean, it's just sensational. And uh, Jared Rotnoski uh, didn't do us a favour a couple of weeks back, but on Sunday he absolutely nailed the brief. Uh, Barrier one gave him the chance to just settle, what, third line, perfect position, but he nailed it. <laughs> he, he did nail it, and the ride was like a 10 out of 10 ride as well. Where are you? Three lengths behind Zaki. What a golden spot to be in, right? Yep. And then when you come to the extension in the mid-race, it was a 4.9 lengths above benchmark between the 8 and the 4. Zaki's was 3.8. What that probably indicates is just a little bit of overreaching starting to take its play. And then that last 400 metres, Dom shoot broke benchmark 0.3 above. Zaki couldn't do it, minus 1.7. And the real deterioration came over that last 200 metres. Zaki lost... 3.2 lengths of overall velocity versus uh, one length for Dom to shoot. Yeah, he's fallen off a cliff here, Zaki. The 83rd best last 200 of the day. But uh, as you said, it was it was good speed. It wasn't murderous speed, which uh, Maricino sometimes he can do, you know, plus 8 to plus 10 to yep. plus 5.2 early. But for Zaki, that's, that's generally his comfort zone. But in the end, 3.3 lengths above benchmark just shows uh, he's an old warrior, but he is slightly in decline. Yeah, he is, and it's probably a length too much these days for him, that sort of pace. Yep. When you have a look at him, if you go all the way back to Doombin, 20th of April, 4.8 above, that sort of broke him out. Even a Flemington on the 11th of the 11th, that sort of busted him up at 3.8 above. So, but what do you do? How, how do you predict that? Maybe if Maricino wasn't in the race, the outcome could have been completely different, but it probably would have brought a new set of horses into the race as well. Yeah, because they all just let Maricino do its thing. Yeah. Yep. So zip away, you, you pegged as a climber. Gee, three point three links above benchmark. That still says he's the type who could be like a competitive in Australian Cup if they chose to come across you, Ralphie. Really, that horse there was just outstanding, and so was a lot of good men. They were both phenomenal performances, Ralphie, for young horses. I mean, I sort of. Wanted to just see how their last hundreds were. And to give you an idea, Ralphie, like a lot of good men's last hundred was like 5.91 and zip away was 5.98. Just sort of showing to you that they both broke six seconds for the last hundred. And this is their first time up to that distance range. They've, they've got big future, these two horses. It was, it's funny, uh, the um, the way of, of looking at racing, let's say traditionally, but oh, well, all the three-year-olds get in with a lightweight. Well, Dom shoot went up five kilos and he maintained his, his, his uh, IVR figure. Did they talk about that? Well, it's, it's that- every time. There's a, every time a three-year-old runs well, it's only because of the weight, apparently. So why don't they look at here where the winner ran well because... He's just running well. Yeah, and and what you pointed out so rightly, though, is, Ralphie, these are two horses that we absolutely have to keep a a close eye on. And there was also another big hidden performance, which I'm hoping that you're going to flush out on the Sizzlers, Ralphie. 
Yeah, we'll chat with our Group 1 members on that one. That'll be a little bonus there. So if you want to be a Group 1 member, we'll uh, we'll talk about this hidden performance here in the uh, in the Northerly, which uh, which you can get by just uh, joining us uh, at, uh, at racetrackgolfie.com.au. Click through the links. If you're a Group 1 member, $20 a month, just $20 a month. You get every week, you get best of the uh, best of the day uh, sent to you, which you also get as a listed member, but also uh, we do a little bonus podcast there and, uh, and support people who support us. Uh, may as well go in chronological order here, Vince. What, what, did we, what did we learn out of Starry Heights in, in the last race? Obviously, uh, well, talk about weighted carried after Australia with uh, with Pikey, <laughs> Pikey in the last as a as a short price favourite. Didn't win by a long long way, but really never looked like it was going to lose. But uh, here, it's found a race of pressure, so that's a good sign. Yeah, well, the first thing we learned is, of course, people that are happy to take the short price, they continue to be smiling when they win. Yep. And people like myself just sit on the sidelines saying I can't play because it's too short for me in terms of, you know, the distribution of win-place ratio. But what was positive is we did indicate that this horse was trending above benchmark under the race matrix and it had to be a horse that you had to give some sort of respect to and, and it did the job. I mean, I look at the performance overall. It was benchmark. Hooray. I'm so happy about that part, Ralphie. But... I actually look at what the horse did. Two and a half lengths above benchmark first section. If you sort of look at this horse's profile, that's as fast as the horse has ever gone through the first section. It was a pretty nice jump from the start prior. Even in the mid-race, when you have a look at what the horse was doing, it was still running at a benchmark speed between the 8 and the 400 and probably just started to weaken over the last 400, although I don't know if the vision truly showed that. It showed probably more like the horse was holding its line and Billy Ray was, you know, you know, gunning it down. But the reality is, it, it is an indicator for me that probably it's come to an end of its campaign. I don't know what they got planned for it next, but it is a progressive horse. Uh, in the in the seventh race here, so this was a race where we had a fair bit of confidence that it was Hanchi or Cut the Talk. Cut the Talk ran a big race at $11. Did... The uh, rider just make it make an error, and look, we're talking looking at data. We're not we know we don't ride horses or all that type of stuff. But I'm just talking about it from a learning perspective. I think that that leader was just went went way too hard. Uh, ain't no other man. If the rider just sits back and cut the talk a bit, it just might have had a bit left in the finish. Well, it's like this: half a length above benchmark, good solid speed for a thousand meters. Cut the talk. Okay, yeah, you could say he was like right on its heels, point one above. Would you have rather have been in Hansy spot? Yes, for sure. Two point two lengths below benchmark, almost three or under three lengths from the leader. I mean, what a golden position to be in. Yeah. I actually felt where the rider lost it on cut the talk, Ralph, it was the overextension in the mid. Yeah, that's what I'm sorry. that's actually what I was referring to. It said just oh, let, let yep. the leader go. Yep. But instead, I think they were, they were so keen to tag the leader that that just left a vulnerable late. Yeah, and he probably thought he was going to chew him up, and, and maybe he did think about Hanchi was going to be the, the horse behind him, and could he get that big break on it? And he couldn't. He couldn't get the break on it. Yeah, there's that. And Hanchi was terrific, though. Oh, I thought that was a great run, but it was a golden ride. Yeah. 2.2 lengths below benchmark first section, plus three and a half in the mid, beautiful acceleration, and I can't believe it. Almost maintained that over the last 400 metres with a 3.1 overall last four. This is another horse. It's very progressive, Rolfie. Um, 
they've got they've got a couple of well they've probably got four or five really good horses good enough to come over and, and tackle our better races in the future yeah uh, the in the the two starting races we'll finish off this for the ascot mm-hmm. card firstly demolish i mean that was a horse you were super keen on so i'm sure you were smiling there yeah Did, I, I, I was looking closely i couldn't find the hurdles there but were there hurdles out <laughs> Ralphie, what's <laughs> going on? 14.2 lengths below benchmark lead speed. They definitely thought they were in a barrier trial. 100%. <laughs> this is a typical setup. Like, <laughs> of course, big move in the mid race. Where do you want to be? As close as you can to the leaders, right? Yeah. So otherwise, you've got no hope because, and the extension was big. It was massive. There was a couple of horses a little bit further back. Oh, I'll tell you what, those riders, what are you doing? When they, They're going that slow. They could have made it a bit more of a contest. But it, for myself, I thought it was an easy watch for Demolition, and he, and he did exactly that. Well, he was. So what did we learn out of the last 400 sprint or the last 600-metre sprint, if you like, with a big mid-race with Dem- Demolish? Because I think he's, like, he is a horse who had a big figure as a, as a three-year-old, and they'll be targeting the Perth Cup with this horse. But a, yeah. but a poor overall time, but you can't run much better at that no, you, speed. You can't, Ralphie. So, yeah, I mean, when you get that sort of race shape, you are entitled to have a bit of a sprint. And it was good to see. what It's one of these things. If you look at this horse's profile, I mean, like what he's had to do, start off like the campaign at 1,200 metres, running above benchmark early, Going at the same speed over the last 400 metres as he did on the weekend off a much faster race shape, who knows, Rob? Maybe this is a very, very untapped horse Yeah, and could just, you know, become dynamic. Oh, I'm always nervous when they're so slow in speed, though. Exactly. Well, it's probably similar in Black Fantasy, but here's the difference. Now, it was odds on and one, but there was there was the question was, uh, could it be flat from its previous fast tempo race? Well, it didn't need to be because that's your perfect setup. If you want to avoid flatness, just roll along at 6.7 lengths below benchmark early. Oh, she gifted to him or what? It was doing a D. Oliver all, all over again only controlling the front and said, how slow can I make this field go? And that's what he did. And even in the extension in the mid-race, was, wasn't excessive. It was just really solid and enough to pretty much put everybody away. And I mean, the second horse, Ralphie, I mean, Queen Anelia. I mean, why would you be that far back? Seriously. Exactly. <laughs> well, where's the brains? Yeah. Easily yeah. three lengths closer, it would have not affected your closing speed at all. And have guess what? Maybe you would have won. I mean, the NPS margin is indicating that it technically could have won that race. All right. Now we'll write these up for Sizzlers. Now speaking of Sizzlers, next week what we're doing, we're doing the uh, the Gold Rush only, but as a bonus, instead of doing another race because they're very plain race meetings in Melbourne, Sydney. The bonus will be you'll get the IVR report post-meeting and also all the Sizzlers write up post-meeting, even if you don't get Sizzlers. So if you want to get the preview podcast of the Gold Rush Day, it's the last big group one. Uh, not, it's not a group one, but it's a massive prize money. The, the riders will be riding like it's a group one, Vince. So we'll be doing the preview podcast this week. You can get it via uh, racetrackrelfie.com.au. If you're already a daily sectionals customer and you uh, get the IVR report, well, you can get a top-up option there as well. So... Hopefully we can uh, steer you into some winners uh, the next uh, Friday before the big Sunday meeting, which, of course, we update on Sunday morning post-scratchings and uh, and you get the final edition. Uh, let, let's round it off, Fence, with the Ingham in, uh, at uh, Randwick. Uh, this was a head-scratcher. Uh, firstly, 
I tell you what, on a hot day, we're based in Melbourne, but we knew knew it was boiling hot. They must have started putting water on this track on the Tuesday, Vince, by looking at your IVR report. Yeah, yeah, wow. (laughs) There couldn't have been anything left in Bondi. (laughs) I mean, what on earth were they doing there? I mean, have a look at the rules. Race one, minus five. Race two, minus two. All right, forget about race three, no speed race, right? So the minus 14 won't count. Then we go to race four, a 1,200-metre race, minus seven. And if that's not enough, look at race Five. That's a classic way of getting clarity around a decent sized field. Two-year-olds tend to go with good speed early, minus ten and a half. Even race six, where they've gone fast early, couldn't break benchmark overall, minus 1.8. And the only race to break benchmark for the whole day was race seven. This is on raw data. And yep. if you want franking, you go to the lot or you go to don't even worry about race 10. Just go to race 8, 1,200 metres, which is a good, decent speed with a good, decent field of, you know, horses that have got plenty of racing under their, their belt, minus 4.9. Either they're very bad horses, Ralphie, or, as you said, and not given to the community, that track must have started slow five at least. Oh, wow. That's, uh, <laughs> so when we when we peel that apart back and then use it, in the context of checking out this Egan result, attractables of Fenica my horse. So 6.3 legs above benchmark, lead speed. Now, if it's effectively a slow five track, how fast is he going? <laughs> I mean, that, yes, well, I can, I can give you some insight on that. It would have been somewhere closer to plus like nine or 10. Yeah. So there you go. So it, as you always say, in that situation, where do you want to be? You want to be three to six from the lead. And that's how Lock Eagle was able to win. And also with a with a pretty modest IVR figure, considering the uh, you know the massive prize money on offer. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess the, the good part about Lock Eagle was it was a good performance there from the horse last start. So it was, it was tuning in. Uh, there was a lot of horses that... I shouldn't say didn't turn up. They haven't been turning up, right? It's yeah. probably more, more to the point. Attractable was a horse that had gone into the race like on fire. And you are right, Ralphie. Had that track been quicker, it, like in other words, not as wet, that would have made a huge difference for the horse. And also, they probably didn't have to go that fast early, right? I mean, the big field, it could have eased. Because if you look at the pace there, you got 68 6.3, that's the two leaders. Then the gaps all the way down to the mid-fours. Now, mind you, Surf Dance and Valana, they've run last and second yeah. last. Right? <laughs> Absolutely smashed, right? Even yeah. uh, Pearson, is it? Pearson, that was, yeah. Yeah, it was sort of like, let's call it the equal leader. At the end of the day, even that runner there, right, has finished well back. They could have gone two lengths slower and – Two legs slow, attractable wins easily because that performance from that horse was unbelievable. Like, it was showing a little bit of the Hong Kong type profile at one stage, the way it just sprinted in the straight, but they they uh, they nailed it because of overextension. Uh, so Lock Eagle was in the right spot, Lions Roars in the right spot, yep. uh, and uh, and Kilwins Lane, Johnny O'Shea's horses. But there we go. This is probably the the uh, the giveaway that um, that it was a wetter track, and the, these horses ran you know low threes in in uh, running first and second last year. Here they're one point one and point point oh two, so they're, they're three lengths off what they did last year. Yeah, and this in the is the same race. And, and the sad part is overwatering a track. Uh, 
so what? You're going to run in a fast two? What's wrong with that? Yep. Ask the people in Japan. It's always <laughs> fast there. They go, right, those Japanese horses. I don't see that many horses breaking down. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And, um, and there's the other thing. After 400 metres, I thought, these favourites are out of play because Waterford, just ridden with no intent despite the blinkers going on, detonated Jack, Charterhouse, they were just, they, were, they may as well have, have left, uh, have given them an audio day off because they were in the wrong spot after 400 metres. <laughs> true, true, for sure. <laughs> All the favourites are sitting there. I thought, nope, you won't be winning. <laughs> Sure enough, they were in non-winning positions. No, it was it was big field, like yep. a huge field, and overall probably I, I shouldn't say disappointing because like Eagles' performance was fantastic. It actually been able to take itself to another level, so got a lot of respect for that. Attractable, it put in two gun runs, very much like a Don De shoot in the sense its two pre- previous starts were outstanding. Yep. and there was always this question. Could there be another run? Yes, no. And what actually beat it was the overextension on ground that wasn't uh, even all the way through. All right. Short and sharp year round carnival uh, this week with the uh, focus on the northerly and the Ingham and a couple of others at, at Ascot. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, a couple of horses to follow from Ascot and uh, and Randwick that we'll be throwing into our members' bonus because there was one race at Randwick that I think we can uh, make a bit of money out of going forward. But in the meantime, thanks so much for being a listener to Year Round Carnival.